You're listening to the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast. Chris and Jana are parents of three, life and business partners who share their personal development techniques so you can grow yourself and grow your marriage. Chris and Jana here with the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast. I think I say that better than you. Oh yeah, my la- <laughs> the last episode was so amazing. Like, what's up guys? <laughs> this is episode... Number 54. Yes, number 54. And guys, if you may or may not be able to tell, but we are using the phone again on the Anchor app. And the reason is, is because, well, go ahead and tell them why, babe. Well, we're still in this early stages here, postpartum with our new fourth child. So we're kind of just in survival mode, trying to get out of survival mode, recording with baby in lap and kids in the other room and hoping to... um Hoping to get too many interruptions without them coming through, yeah. and we figured if we did a big presentation like haste out of the the recording room and all that stuff, the kids would oh, yeah. that'd it's be a called, perfect opportunity. You for know them. what? My parents <laughs> called this when we were younger. It's called the out of sight, out of mind game. Right. If they see us, they're gonna it's gonna spark something that they need. But since exactly. they're distracted right now, they're not thinking about it. Instead, just mesmerize them with YouTube. That's terrible, but yeah. that's what we're doing right but now. But it is, you know, we're not perfect, so. We're not. It is what it is, but nonetheless, we're back. Back again. Okay. And, okay. <laughs> stop it. Okay, so you're trying to hog this just like you do with the camera. Sorry. You're trying to hog the phone. Sorry. Chris really wants his voice to be the dominant one here. Right, right. <laughs> um, so, you know, we've been talking postpartum, which is obviously very relevant for our stage right now because we are, what, 11 days out, something like that already. And so last week we talked a little bit about, I talked a little bit to you guys about more stories of other women and what they've gone through and how we're easing into this postpartum protocol that Chris and I are building because realistically, we can't just dive in. When you bring a new child home, whether it's your first or your fourth or sixth or whatever, you can't just dive in and and do everything and expect to do it all well. We've- exactly. And we've learned that from experience because as much as you'd like to say, oh, yeah, that's all right. It's just about resilience and willpower to do this and make it happen. I mean, there's there's just a set of almost like rules after you have a baby where one, you're exhausted, two, if you if you have the family nearby or friends or community or whatever, like they're offering to bring you meals and things like that. And so you don't really have control over what you're eating. Uh, you just kind of take what you can. <laughs> All that Any stuff. free meal I can get right now. We were going to cook dinner last night and Chris's mom was coming over. She's like, you want Gold Star? And like <laughs> totally not on the list of foods not that's going to help at us all. at all. But I'm like, yes, bring it. <laughs> We will eat Gold Star and, you know, whatever. Yes, please. When will you be here? <laughs> yeah. Although, I got to say, Skyline's better. Being Cincinnatians, I will also say Skyline is better. If, if if some of you are listening from out of state and you've never had Skyline, this is friend Chris, not trainer Chris, talking to you. <laughs> if you come into Cincinnati, it's not a bad idea to stop at Skyline. Check it out. But if you're not local, you're going to think it sounds really weird because it's chilly on a hot dog or chili on spaghetti. Right. And if you use the GYGYM. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no, Skyline's not sponsoring this. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. So, yeah. So, 
these first two weeks really are about healing, adjusting to a new life with the baby, figuring out the sleep schedule. Praise Jesus, Lord above here. This baby so far he's so good. has been really chill, sleeps really well, doesn't spit up. I mean, he's he's tricking us right now. I have a strong feeling, but we're not losing it too bad with him. So, and obviously healing. Like I, I know I'm not the only C-section mom out there who understands that you're not just going to come home and be able to clean and exercise and do all these things. Uh, we all have, we have to heal. So with that being said, then this is going to go kind of in phases to kind of, what would you say? Like how you do habit building, right? You stack. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You You would stack your habits basically. Right. So you, you, but singular focus on one thing, right? You you develop a level of success in one area and then you stack something else on once you get the hang of it. And so we found in our experience, I guess you could call us experts in the in the uh, having babies field because <laughs> we have a lot of them, right? Um, we feel that one of the most powerful things you can do is create a reset phase. And so we like to call it hitting the reset button. And so in this episode, we just want to share some of the elements uh, that we cover when we hit the reset button. So there's four areas. I'll outline them first, and then we can dive into them. The four areas that we think are essential to reset before really diving into... Let's just go one at a time. Yeah. You're not the boss. <laughs> You're not the boss. <laughs> We'll just go one at a time because I feel like we may naturally come up with others as they pop in here. Fine. 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 But what I'm saying is I feel I feel like these are actually really good ways to reset before you dive into any Definitely. new any new like this for us is to help combat um, the possibility of me having postpartum depression again, and just really the overwhelm. Like even if you don't have postpartum depression, bringing home a new child is overwhelming, and it adds a whole new element to your life. So this really isn't specific to. It's well, sure it is, but it is it is something that is especially specific to. Um, I would say postpartum. It, it it benefits people who are who are post baby because right. because. Um, you can't just get up and do these things and make all these things happen at the same time. You're running on, you know, quarter to a half speed. And so you have to break these things in phases when most people wouldn't probably take a whole week to hit the reset button. They might do it in a day. Okay. Well, right. So I meant not necessarily postpartum depression, but postpartum in general. Right. Right. Okay. So since Chris said, I can't tell you all at once, I'm telling you the very first place we're going to reset. It's my favorite place to reset. It's cleaning the house like cleaning the house, cleaning it in its entirety. And this can be hard to do if you just had a baby. So you might have to enlist some help or do it before you have the baby. Um, Chris and I actually kept the house stupid clean. So clean. For two weeks leading like, up to the baby. Yeah. But to give you an example, though, we had the house super clean. Like each room, we went room by room. I was nesting hardcore. And then the day we came home from the hospital... It was like we walked in. It looked like we were like listing our house because it was so clean. My dad mm-hmm. cleaned the carpets. It just smelled good because uh, the kids weren't here while we were in the hospital. As soon as our girls came in with all the stuff they had had at Mimi's house and just 
gotten into snacks and stuff that just, it just, I remember sitting down in the rocking chair and I'm hormonal and emotional and I just started feeling this overwhelmed because I knew I couldn't get up and clean it. Right. And it just, well, it added to so much stress immediately. Yes. Everything accumulated super fast. It was like, it went from super clean to all of their bags, all of their toys, all of their blankets, all of their pillows, everything being dumped in the middle of the floor. They run into the living room and then they're messing with Ledger's stuff, all of his baby stuff. They're pulling, pulling everything out. out. Like, yeah. so in a matter of, I'm not even kidding, 90 seconds, <laughs> the whole crazy. room was just torched. And you know what? Mess might not bother you i don't think it it's probably not universal it bothers everybody but i know for a lot of us it is very overwhelming and there's actually scientific studies that say that clutter can really mess with your emotions and your psyche and you're just i don't know what you like it makes you feel unorganized because well you're unorganized well think about it this way so so you guys can you guys can figure out what makes the most sense for you but for us we like to think of it like when you when you're able to create like positive associations in your life it's a lot easier to keep up with things so for instance you have two options here option 1 is you know just clean your living room right um and then your whole house goes to pot right goes and to pot you never heard that term or that, that? Yeah, maybe from your 80-year-old grandmother. Okay, sorry. All right, let's start over. <laughs> so you clean your living room and everything looks spick and span. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, and the, see, now, now I lost my train of thought. Anyway, so then you're leaving every other room just kind of maybe not as clean or as nice. And what happens is it just starts to creep up on you. If you wake up in a messy room, you naturally create the association of like, eh, I'm not going to put these clothes away. Eh, I'm a messy person. Drawers open, no big deal. Exactly. There's all this evidence in your brain to say like, yeah, we're not very clean. We're kind of messy. And so creating the associations and saying like, all right, I am going to clean the whole house allows you to keep up with it better because – a open drawer, an open sock drawer, in specific, sticks out like a sore thumb. In looking at a whole house being clean, like just one o- open sock drawer is like, whoa, I'm going to close that. Opposed to, you know. And can I just ladder. say, ladies, this is coming from a man who could step over a pile of stuff in the floor and he tell would. me he did not see it oh, on multiple occasions. Yes. But when the whole house was actually clean... This guy was vacuuming nightly and like helping. Like he, it triggered something in his brain. Like oh, yes. he could see the mess suddenly. <laughs> it's like right. so. If that's the way to open your man's eyes to the stuff on the floor that you want him to clean up is yes. have the house clean. But it's not. It's not easy to do. No, and let it me takes intention. Let me throw this out too. Sure. Right, it's all about the delivery. Okay, so so let's say your spouse isn't a super cleaner. Right, uh, they are not super down with this idea. Well, you have to remember if they have a specific place in the house that they relax or they have a specific place where they get work done or focus time or whatever, allow them to clean that place first, right? Once they get that place clean, they're going to feel how good that feels. And then you can be like, well, hey, imagine if we had all these things cleaned. That way, like the path to your relaxation room or whatever you do is clean too. So it'll allow you to keep that room clean. You know what I mean? So it all it all compounds. Yeah, because let's be real. You used to really judge me and make fun of me when I would say that I really couldn't focus without the house being straightened up. I'd be like, I just need at least one room without mess and clutter and kids stuff that I can like 
breathing and you'd be like, that doesn't matter. There's more important things. And now you're yes. like, wait, this, this feels better. Oh, no. It makes perfect sense because, like I said, it's just like try it. Test it out for yourself. If you don't have time to clean your whole entire house right now, clean your room. Clean your room and wake up tomorrow and tell me you don't feel a million times better seeing just how clean your room is. Everything's organized. Your clothes are laid out, whatever, right? Your bed. You just feel like an organized person because you're modeling a, you're, you're modeling a better version of you, right? And if we're modeling a better version of us, we feel good. Yep. So in this process, a few ways that we were successful for a couple of weeks before bringing him home was, teamwork like chris and i both were making sure we were keeping up with picking up stuff and then our girls are two three and five so that i mean they don't technically have chores yet but we've really been working on a few things you can't overwhelm them either uh, but we've really been working on a few things like you don't get another toy out until you put what you're playing with back and drilling home that they take their own plates to the sink after they're done eating those are a couple easy things that we just like we d try really hard not to let slide mm. so that they're helping us oh and putting their own clothes in the dirty hamper they actually they're really proud of themselves when they yes. do that they enjoy doing that let, let me i'm gonna use an old person word again interject <laughs> let me interject with a a little parent hack that i learned from this book uh it was it was a book on how to on how to raise a two to a seven year old it was like perfect for me i was listening to it while i was on the lawn i really should find the name of this because it's all coming off the top of my head here but anyway the point is something i found really interesting was kids like to come to their own epiphany just like us surprisingly enough and so uh i learned something from this book that has actually helped the girls keep up because instead of them having a board game out and saying hey don't forget to put that away afterwards they just feel control right the approach now is, hey, Lola, what do we do with a board game after we're done with it? And then, like, she feels good because she's, like, searching she's like, for the oh, answer. Yeah. And she's like, we put it away, right? Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, cool. Speaking of Lola. Hi, Lola. <laughs> hey, baby, we're doing a podcast right now. You don't care, do you? Okay, go get it. All right, so... Anyway, so she kept playing with her game or whatever, but I let her come to that epiphany. Then later on, I see the board game sitting there. She forgot. But instead of having to say, hey, go put that away like I told you, I said, hey, Lola, are you done with that game? And she goes, yeah, I need to put it away, right? So it was just really interesting to um, to be able to kind of like let her come to her own conclusion based on what I learned from this book. And I was like, that's cool. So now instead of like, don't forget to do this. Don't forget to do this. Don't like do this, do this, do this. It's like, hey, Lindley, where does your... Where do your dirty clothes go? Yeah. Where do we put our clothes when we take them off? And right. you right. see like their little light bulbs go off. And usually they'll go run and toss them in the hamper. And you give mm -hmm. them a big high five, make a big deal about it. And those things seem little, but they honestly help me. They help me that the girls are kind of starting to take picking up after themselves. And, mm -hmm. and obviously, just like we're doing, I think that those habits can be stacked yes now now that kind of segues us nicely into into what we can do as adults to keep up with the clean house because the thing is if we don't change the habits that created a messy house and we, we can blame it on our kids all we want but let's be real all the things they can't reach are still dirty <laughs> which is another point for association right but the idea here is like how can we 
set up systems and and concepts to keep up with the messy house. Well, something I learned um, that I actually impl- implemented into my programs with my clients was the after I, I will statement. And basically what this is, is, and I'm not sure if I've ever mentioned this on the podcast before, maybe I have, but one thing we did really successfully for a while was when the room was cleaned, we, we thought to ourselves, okay, what's the one thing that that causes the room to get dirty again? And it's like, easy, laundry, right? Laundry, we don't want to put the laundry away. There's way too much going on. And so and so what we did, oh boy, Lola's back. She don't care that we're on a podcast. She doesn't care. Um, so anyway, the idea with the after I, I will statement was we knew the laundry was a problem. And so what we did was we said after we put the girls to bed, put the kids to bed, we will put laundry away. And so that was like just something that we built and created a habit with it. And it was really, really helpful for us because we knew usually it's like you put the kids to bed, you sit on the couch, you scroll your phone a little bit, you kind of just like doing mindless things, maybe doing some dishes and stuff. But we knew kids go to bed, we do the clothes. And it was a really, really nice reminder. Well, we could also double that time as sometimes we listen to a podcast or just use that time to talk and catch up for the day, be intentional about um, doing that because that's hard to do. One more thing, um, then we can move on, but laundry. See, that's why we didn't go through everything, like I said. No, this, it still goes with cleaning. <laughs> yeah. So you're not right. Oh, sorry. Laundry is one of the hardest things to keep up with when you have kids, especially. And they're tearing the house down, aren't they? Jeez. And one, I just want to give away one little hack that I've been doing, well, before Ledger mainly, but but something that really helped me find, because like, I could never, ever, ever, ever keep up with laundry. I always had clean clothes laying on every surface of our beds and, and whatever, just never could get it put away. So what I started doing was everybody got their own basket pretty much, and I started doing laundry days. So like Mondays would be the girls' laundry, Tuesdays my laundry. Wednesdays, Chris's, Thursdays, linen and towels or, or whatever. And I make sure that I get it done and put away. That way you're not just overwhelmed with piles and piles and piles of clean laundry. Like you actually get it done, folded, put away that day, but you only have that load or two to do rather than the amount that you normally would have. So, yeah. So the point is we have to not only clean the house, but we have to create the systems and the processes and all that stuff to say, okay, how are we going to keep this clean? Otherwise, it's just a waste of time. It's definitely a process, but I feel like the more you work at it together and the more you just trial and error, I feel like we've gotten a lot better, even though we've got more kids. So So that was just number one. (laughs) That was number one. Moving on. What else are we going to reset, Chris? All right. Well, this isn't really my department, but... Actually, it is. Is it? Resetting the pantry and the fridge. Well, I mean the meals, the yeah. food. We do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so something we do is, um, well, what do you what do you want me to say about this? <laughs> uh, well, you have to reset your eating, especially most of us pregnant women. Oh, re- give in to our your eating. No, you asked me. Most of us pregnant women give in to our cravings, and I don't know about you guys, but by nine months pregnant, my give-a-dang was more than busted, and our pantry and fridge did not look as much, uh, look like it normally did. Um, so, resetting your pantry and fridge to me is throwing away or not buying junk food that 
tempts you because if it's not in your house, you're not going to eat it. And during postpartum, whether you have postpartum depression or not, I mean, most of us want to start feeling better. Most of us want to lose the baby weight, so to speak. And and it's easy when you're stressed and overwhelmed to reach for the junk rather than feeding yourself well. And Chris can speak to why. If you want to give them a short blurb on... Are you going to let me nerd out? Don't nerd out too much, dude. If I want to give them a short blurb on... On why it's not good for your recovery, especially if you are worried about postpartum depression, yeah. to be eating the junk food that your body's craving because you're stressed and you're overwhelmed and it's in your house. So why should we get rid of it? Well, here's the thing. First, you mentioned it in episode 53 when you talked about how your gut is wrecked after having a baby, especially a C-section. Yeah. But your gut is wrecked after having a C-section. We, uh, we have to understand about the gut is the gut is responsible for certain hormonal production. And so the thing is, if our gut is not is not dialed in, if you will, uh, what happens is certain hormones can't produce, and it affects. It could could be leading to depression, could be leading to like incredible amounts of of craving the bad food, all that stuff. And so we want to hit that reset button uh, to make sure that you're positioning yourself uh, to feel your best. Now I will say, we're actually going to kind of like brush past this one because. The third piece of the puzzle here I think is really critical, and that is the nighttime routine. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because if you don't dial your sleep in within this reset, it doesn't matter. You will, you will crave bad things. You will make bad food decisions. You will stress eat. You will all those things uh, because your sleep is going to be the biggest piece of the puzzle. So actually, I kind of want to move to the nighttime routine from here because you really can't, you really can't solve the uh, the resetting of your nutrition until you dial your sleep in. But but I do like the tips of throwing away the junk food and kind of keeping things out of sight, out of mind. Well, we're not moving full into full into a new diet plan and all this stuff by any means, right. but you're resetting by just doing little things like getting rid of the junk. And then another thing we've been doing, if you've ever tried a meal plan before, it's really freaking overwhelming. It's very hard as mom to sit down and be like, what does everybody in my family want to eat every day this week? Oh, and how do I make it healthy? And how do I do this? That really takes helpful. so much time and so much. I don't know. For me, it just overwhelms the crap out of me. I feel like I take hours and hours to do it and then it's never, it still isn't perfect. So one thing that Chris and I do, which might work for you, it might not, is we just buy right now during the reset phase, we're buying staple healthier foods that we normally buy. And then when Chris brings them home for the grocery store, we lay them all out on the counter and kind of mix and match to see what meals we'll make with it and then take pictures of it so that when I'm all stressed, like, oh, what was I going to do with this? ground beef like oh wait okay this is what we said we we're gonna do this because this is what we bought at the store yes and that's that saves a lot because i don't know if your spouse is anything like me but there's nothing more frustrating than spending you know a couple to a few hundred dollars on groceries and then five four days later you're out of food and you're like wait a second so there's actually a ton more meals available in our in our pantry when we actually like lay out what we're going to eat instead of buying staples and saying yeah I'll probably be able to make this or make that or make that uh, actually laying them out taking a picture uh, is amazing and and we definitely plan on expanding on that later on uh, in life when our financial situation improves 
it would be awesome to get like you know a an actual place and like a bunch of baskets and actually put the food together in one basket and all that stuff my gosh lola <gasps> so anyway the point is this is a really helpful little hack that we discovered and we do frequently now because it saves us money on groceries and it helps Jana with kind of the decision fatigue of what are we going to eat. Yep. So now we can move on to what you were talking about, your favorite part of the reset, which is nighttime routine. Yes. Oh my goodness. All right. So first off, every good day starts the night before. Okay. This is, this is something to really embrace. So whatever you have going on the next day, it's just really important to set some time aside and have a plan for the next day. It doesn't have to be like a super tight plan, um, but the idea here is at least have an idea of what's coming tomorrow and creating a nighttime routine where you're creating just a little bit of time to be able to plan those things out is really, really game-changing. And during this postpartum phase, you might not have a whole lot going on. Maybe you just have visitors come in. Maybe you have a doctor's appointment. Maybe things are just pretty, I led her, pretty chill. But having just, maybe your plan is just to lay out your clothes you're going to wear tomorrow. Um, right after having a baby, you're in this weird phase. Like I'm in this weird phase right now where maternity clothes don't really fit and I look weird in them because I don't have my big tight bump anymore. But I cannot fit in my old clothes. So Getting dressed can be kind of it can be challenging. It can be emotional. It can be all these things. Even if I'm not going anywhere, I don't want to walk around in my pajamas all day because I don't, I don't know. When you look good, you feel good. So maybe part of your nighttime routine is literally just getting out an outfit that you know fits you right now and setting it out and, um, and preparing for the day. Like for, so we are bottle feeding our baby. So we have a basket. Of now you guys know how many times our kids interrupt us usually. <laughs> this is nothing. Actually. Our apologies for the lack of production today. So we, ha so <laughs> I have baskets for Goodness both the goodness. evening and for the morning that I keep, like burp cloths and bottles and pacifiers and uh, my meds and all these things readily available. So I'm just not running around the house like a madman. You know what I mean? Just, right. just being prepared. Yeah, so so just a level of preparation, whatever that looks like for you. I promise, this is what. Oh, jeez. <laughs> let me let me go tame these children. All right, so sorry for all interruptions, like we said. Um, but uh, from a nighttime routine perspective, something else that's really powerful when we talk about improving your sleep is creating a bedtime. And I know some of you might be like, "That's so restrictive." I'm an adult. But listen, your body craves that consistency because your body is act like your hunger and your sleep is all ran off of the same cycle. And so you have to make sure that you're creating some level of routine when it comes to sleep. And especially right now, I can't stress enough when it comes to postpartum, when it comes to your body either having just had a major surgery or, or just a major experience where, where you, uh, birth to baby and a ton of stress and a ton of, a ton of physical stress, emotional, mental stress on you, all that stuff. You have to realize the biggest rejuvenating thing you can do, we can do, um, is sleep. And so sleep is 
powerful. So try your best not to, not to just stay up in Netflix binge and all that stuff and realize that creating a consistent bedtime is going to help you show up way better the next day in addition to the plan. And obviously you have to base it around your baby and its schedule and stuff, but don't do like me where I caught, I find myself getting him down and then I just want to sit and hold him for a little while. So I sit and scroll my phone or, you know, go to sleep when the baby sleeps at night the best you can. So moving on another area to reset that is so important. Also not always easy to do, but so important is reset your morning routine and don't get stressed. You're not getting sleep when you have a newborn and we get it. So it just can be something super simple. Like, like I said earlier for me, and I'm not perfect at doing this yet still because I've just been trying to soak up whatever sleep I can get. We haven't hit the reset button. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. So, but for me, like I said, when you look at you feel good. So something I think will make me feel better, especially in the postpartum phase, is just getting up and putting myself together. Whether it's a shower, putting on a little makeup, just brushing my hair, putting on clothes, not just feeling like a complete bum it's so easy for us moms let ourselves go that unfortunately a shower is a form of self-care like it's a luxury when it's something that we all need Um, but i know a lot of moms especially new moms put that stuff on the back burner and it really i think takes a toll on your psyche so if you don't if you if this is your first baby and you're like how do i shower with the baby unless somebody's watching it my husband's back to work I literally pull a bouncy seat or a pack and play or whatever you've got into the bathroom with me so I can see him while I shower. And that keeps my other kids off of him. Right. Um, The other thing you can do is just get up and have coffee. Get up before the other kids if you have just a baby. Um, Read. Listen to a song. Just You don't have to make it anything too crazy, but I am always such a proponent of giving yourself just a little bit of quiet, a little bit of breathing time in the morning before the chaos ensues. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Also, don't overdo it on the coffee. I think that's a really big one. People think that they just need to be living off of coffee because they're getting less sleep, but it actually fatigues your adrenals in your body and really jacks you up. So what's that mean? Just you never let me nerd out, so just forget it. Um, But I'm curious because I still have a hard time taking your advice. I wanted coffee this afternoon. Yeah, because I wanted coffee this afternoon to record our podcast because I'm so tired and you wouldn't let me. I know. You said that's not good for you. Okay, how about this? (laughs) I'll give you one little bit, okay? Coffee has a half-life, right? So if you drink coffee, you have to realize that the the amount of caffeine that you ingested, let's say you brought in 300 milligrams of uh, of caffeine, your caffeine level will be half of what you brought in eight hours later. And so eight hours after you've had your last bit of caffeine, you still will have 150 milligrams of caffeine in your body. And caffeine, see, now you're making me nerd out. Caffeine actually fights your sleep pressure in your body. So when you wake up in the morning, your sleep pressure is building, 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 building. And caffeine actually suppresses your sleep pressure. And it doesn't allow it to build, okay? So don't overdo it on caffeine. It's very important um, to not just live off of it. Every single kid is now interrupted, so here you go. He's hungry. He's about to – his hunger pressure is building. Well, it's cool. I think we're wrapping it up anyway. I think the biggest thing you guys understand is, one, you're not going to be able to hit the reset button immediately. Uh, Just 
take it from us, <laughs> speaking so from experience. Two. Yeah. This is week two that we're starting the reset. Week mm-hmm. one was just ease into this new lifestyle. Yes. And also don't pull the, oh, I, I missed my reset on Monday. I'll just wait till next Monday. Don't do the whole we start Monday mentality. Just hit the reset button when you can talk to your spouse and get a plan together to say, hey, let's clean the house tonight. Let's or today or whenever or let's let's work on some things. Let's clean the car and, you know, just create these clean associations to start because the cleanliness is really going to help you out um, a whole lot. If you're really lucky, hire somebody. If you got some money, enlist your hire friends. Somebody. We've had some sweet friends and family who have helped yes. me do some cleaning around here, which has been yes, so so grateful for. So, just a quick recap of how we are going to reset to help with this postpartum phase in week two of recovery is we're going to clean the house, we're going to reset our pantry and fridge by getting rid of junk and just starting to be more diligent about well, what. So, we're eating. Sorry, we're going to clean every living space in the house, right? Right, And we're going to create an after I will statement that is going to be something we're going to stay consistent with to make sure it stays clean. Right. And then reset your pantry, your fridge, your kitchen, basically, however that looks for you. Reset a nighttime routine and a morning routine. Remember, you can keep these super simple. They don't have to be... No, you know what? As a matter of fact, I'll speak to that. Do not make this complex. Do not create a seven-step morning routine. Do not create... And then beat yourself up whenever right, you don't. Right, Do Do not do this. Trust me, I've, I've been down this road, okay? Keep it super simple. Just create intention on one or two things, night and morning, and that's good enough. All right, guys. Sorry for the interruptions. Ledger's about to start crying. As always, if this episode brought you value, if you're ready to start your reset with us, whether you're postpartum or not, let us know and share this episode. Take care, guys.